But now we're going to turn to this morning's scripture reading. This morning, we have yet another guest scripture reader. And today we're going to continue our celebration of the 25th anniversary of the creation of the Order of Deacons as we welcome another guest deacon who serves the church in the Michigan area. Now this morning we welcome the Reverend Ann Emerson as she shares with us a few words about her ministry at the Lake Huron Retreat Center and as she shares with us a scripture reading from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. Good morning, my name is Reverend Ann Emerson. I'm a deacon serving as director of Lake Huron Retreat Center. I really feel that my ministry is one of providing a place of Sabbath rest for all who come here, whether it's an individual person seeking some time away, or it's a group, a church group, a craft group, a non-for-profit group. Our ministry focus is the same, providing a place of Christian hospitality, where people can set aside their worries and concerns on the outside world and just come here and experience love, peace, and rest. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. No working on the Sabbath. Keep it holy just as God, your God, commanded you. Work six days, doing everything you have to do, but the seventh day is a Sabbath, a rest day. No work, not you, your son, your daughter, your servant, your maid, your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, and not even the foreigner visiting your town. That way, your servants and maids will get the same rest as you. Don't ever forget that you were slaves in Egypt, and God, your God, got you out of there in a powerful show of strength. That's why God, your God, commands you to observe the day of Sabbath rest. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So now we find ourselves in the second week of our sermon series, Still Waters. Throughout this sermon series, we are going to be looking at our culture of overwork and under rest. We're going to be talking about some of the reasons why we find it so hard to pause and to catch our breath. We're going to talk about some of the ways in which God sets us free to cease our labors and to find a little bit of rest. And we began this journey last Sunday in the Old Testament book of Exodus. The book of Exodus tells the story of the things that happened when God decided to set the Israelites free from their slavery in the land of Egypt. When that moment came, when God decided to set the Israelites free, the Israelites had already been living in Egypt for a very long time. The Israelites had been living in Egypt for centuries, and even though they went through periods of oppression, they had learned how to thrive in the land of Egypt. They had learned how to thrive so well that there came a moment when there were more Israelites than there were Egyptians in the land of Egypt. Well, that made the Egyptians nervous. It made Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, very nervous. Pharaoh was afraid that one day the Israelites would organize that they would band together, that they would start a revolution, that they would overthrow their Egyptian overlords. Well, Pharaoh came up with a plan to prevent this from happening. Pharaoh was very clever. He figured that if the Israelites were always working, if he made them to work day after day from sunup to sundown without ever taking a break, then they wouldn't have the time and they wouldn't have the energy to plan a revolution. And so Pharaoh worked the Israelites harder and harder year after year. No matter how hard they worked, Pharaoh was never satisfied. No matter how much they produced, he always demanded more. 
The Israelites worked themselves to the bone there in the land of Egypt. They worked themselves to exhaustion. And finally, they cried out to God, and God heard their cries. God decided to set the people free. And so God spoke to an Israelite, a man named Moses. And God said, Moses, I want you to go and talk to Pharaoh. I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And so Moses went and he talked to Pharaoh. If you grew up around Sunday school, or if you're a fan of epic dramas starring Charlton Heston, then you know some of what happened next. You probably know a little bit about the ten plagues, the parting of the sea, the ten commandments. But I wonder how many of us remember. I wonder how many of us can recall what happened the very first time Moses went and spoke to Pharaoh. On that first occasion when Moses entered Pharaoh's throne room, Moses was visibly nervous. You can picture his hands shaking. You can picture his, his voice quaking as he walked towards the throne and made his request of Pharaoh. On that occasion, the first time that Moses went to Pharaoh and made his request, Moses was, was so nervous, he was so anxious that he chickened out at the last minute. Instead of doing what God had sent him there to do, instead of making the request that God had sent them there to deliver to Pharaoh, instead, Moses walked towards Pharaoh and he said, Pharaoh, let my people go on a three-day weekend. Let my people have three days off so that we can rest a little bit and worship our God. Let us go out into the wilderness and then three days later we will come back and we will get right back to work. It was a small request. It was a much smaller request than God had sent Moses into that room to make. And we don't know exactly why Moses made a small request when God had sent him there to make a big one. We don't know why Moses didn't just walk in and say, Pharaoh, let my people go. Let us go to a land where we can be free. Let us go from our bondage. Let us go from our slavery and our, our labors. Now, it may be that Moses was afraid that it seemed like too much to ask on his first occasion walking into Pharaoh's throne room. It may be that at that moment, Moses didn't fully comprehend the scope of what God had called him to do. It may be that Moses thought that by asking for something small on this first occasion, he could develop a working relationship with Pharaoh. And then maybe he could work his way up to asking for something much bigger. We don't know why Moses made only a very small request the first time he went to meet with Pharaoh. What we do know is that even that small request made Pharaoh furious. Pharaoh looked at Moses and he understood that this moment, even this small request, was a threat to the absolute power that he held over the Israelites. He realized that he couldn't give an inch. He couldn't give them even a single day off where the Israelites might realize what they had been missing out on, might realize how hard they had been toiling, might realize just how heavy the shackles of bondage were. And so Pharaoh looked at Moses and he said, You wicked and lazy person. How dare you come into my throne room and demand that I give you time off? Pharaoh said, clearly, if you all have time to organize religious festivals and send negotiators in here to bargain with me, then you have got too much free time on your hands. Clearly, I have not been working you hard enough. And so here's what I'm going to do. Not only am I not going to give you a long weekend, I'm going to increase your labors. From now on, I'm not going to provide you with any straw with which to make your bricks. Now, this is what the Israelites have been doing there in the land of Egypt. 
Their task as enslaved people was to make bricks out of the thick, wet clay from the banks of the River Nile. And that clay was so thick and so dense and so wet that they had to mix straw into the clay in order to get it to dry out properly. And that straw also made the bricks stronger, the same way that rebar makes concrete stronger today. From now on, Pharaoh said, I am not going to provide you with any straw. You're going to have to go out and find your own straw. But don't think for a minute that I'm going to let you off the hook at the end of day, the day for all of those bricks. I'm still going to demand from you the very same number of bricks each and every single day. And Moses went back to the Israelites. And they said, Moses, how did it go? And so Moses told them how it went. And the Israelites said to Moses, you knucklehead. Why did you have to go and rock the boat? Why did you have to go and stir up trouble? Why did you have to go and get Pharaoh mad at us? Now we're going to have to work even harder than before. And the people turned against Moses. And of course, that was exactly what Pharaoh had wanted. I told you that Pharaoh was clever. In that moment, Pharaoh put into practice one of the oldest union-busting techniques in the book. The first step to busting and breaking up a union is always to try to drive a wedge between the workers and their leadership. That's exactly what Pharaoh did. He drove a wedge between the Israelites and their spokesperson, Moses. And the next morning, the Israelites got up extra early. They went out and they found straw and they cut straw and they gathered straw and then they went to work. They worked hard all day long trying to make enough bricks but at the end of the day there just weren't enough hours in the day. They fell short of the number of bricks that Pharaoh demanded of them. And so their Egyptian overseers beat them and called them lazy. No matter how much the Israelites did, Pharaoh was never satisfied. This was the cruelty. This was the greed. This was the oppression and the exploitation the Israelites experienced when they were in bondage in the land of Egypt. And that system of cruelty, that system of greed and exploitation will feel very familiar to many workers today. There are an awful lot of people among us. There are people in our community. There are people in our church family who know exactly what it's like to be asked to make bricks without straw. For decades now, a transformation has been taking place in the American economy. Something remarkable has been happening in the American economy since the end of the Second World War. When the Second World War finished, right around 1948, a sort of a, a miracle took place. Productivity of American workers started growing year after year after year. Each year, American workers found more efficient ways to do their work. They worked longer hours, they worked harder, they worked smarter, and at the end of each year, they found that they had produced more than they had produced the year before. And for a couple of decades, that worked out well for workers. For a couple decades after the end of the Second World War, every time productivity went up, so did workers' wages. For about two decades after the Second World War, American workers got to share and enjoy the fruits of their labors. But then right around 1970, a change took place. Something happened right around 1970. Suddenly we discover that productivity continues to rise at the same rate year after year after year. Each year, American workers were making more and more bricks. But right around 1970, suddenly wages stopped increasing. Suddenly wages got stuck. 
The productivity and the profits kept increasing, but the fruits of American workers' labor stopped going to workers, and they started going more and more each year to people who were higher up at the top of the pyramid. Since around 1970, American workers have been working harder and harder and producing more and more, and they've been getting less and less from their labors. And not only that, but they've been doing it with little or nothing in the way of rest. American workers, we learned last week, have this weird habit of not taking all of the vacation days that are available to them. Last week, we discovered that something like half of American workers don't take all of the vacation available to them each year. What we didn't mention last week is that those American workers who have the luxury of taking vacation time are increasingly finding themselves in a privileged class. America remains the only advanced economy in the whole world that doesn't mandate, that doesn't require any vacation time for workers. And so we find ourselves now at a time when something like a quarter of all American workers don't get any vacation time from their employers at all. They never get a single day off. And that situation is only getting worse as the American economy moves more and more away from full-time employment towards more part-time jobs in a gig economy. An awful lot of our neighbors... There are people in our church family who know exactly what it's like to be asked to make bricks without straw. There are a lot of people in America today who know what it's like to work, to labor, to be caught up in a system of cruelty and greed, exploitation and oppression. And this is not how God intended us to live. This is not the kind of economy that God has called us to create. This is not what God intended for the human experience to be. In today's scripture reading, we have a passage from the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. And today's scripture reading takes place about 40 years after last Sunday's scripture reading. As we pick up the story today, Moses and the Israelites, having left the land of Egypt, having been set free by by God from their slavery, have now been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And after 40 years of wandering, 40 years of struggle and hardship, finally the moment has come for the Israelites to cross over and enter the promised land, a land where they can be free, a land that they can call their own. Before that happens, though, there's one last thing that Moses wants to do. He brings them back to the mountain where all of this started. He brings them back to the very same mountain where God had given the Ten Commandments. He gathers them there at the mountain, and then Moses preaches a sermon. He reminds the people of what it was like to suffer in slavery in the land of Egypt. He tells them to remember, remember how difficult, how painful, how exhausting it was to work day after day after day without ever being given a rest, without ever being able to enjoy the fruits of your labors. And then he reminds them that God has called them to be a people like no other people on the face of the earth. He reminds them that God is calling them to live in a way that no other nation lives. And then he reminds them of the commandments that God had given them in that very location 40 years earlier. There at the mountain, Moses begins listing one more time for the people the same Ten Commandments that God had given them there at that mountain. And as he is listing those Ten Commandments, we discover that the list is almost exactly identical to the one Moses brought down the mountain 40 years before. The Ten Commandments that Moses gives here in the book of Deuteronomy are almost word for word exactly the same as the Ten Commandments that Moses gave the people back in the book of Exodus, with one glaring exception. 
when Moses reaches the fourth commandment, when Moses comes to the commandment about Sabbath, when he comes to the commandment that says, for six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. At that point, Moses starts preaching. At that point, Moses starts expanding upon the commandment that God had given the people. At that point, Moses says, for six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. And then Moses starts riffing. He says, and on the seventh day, not only shall you rest, but you shall let your children rest. And not only shall you rest, but you shall let your servants, your employees, your slaves have a day of rest. Not only shall you not do any work, but you shall not make your ox do any work. You shall not make your donkey do any work. You shall not make any of your livestock do any work. Because you remember what it was like to be enslaved in the land of Egypt. You remember what it was like to work yourself to the bone day after day without ever being given a moment of rest. You remember the exhaustion and the pain of that gruel and greedy system. And God is telling you never to inflict that same suffering, never to inflict that same pain on another living thing. Well, these words of Moses today will sound to some of us like a challenge. For some of us, these words will sound like a call to action. Through Moses today, God is calling us to create a different kind of economy. Through Moses today, God is calling us to create a more humane and compassionate economy. An economy in which people are allowed to share in the fruits of their labors. An economy in which people are not only permitted, but actively encouraged to rest and to care for themselves. To some of us today, those words will come as a challenge. And to others... Those words will feel like gospel. For some of us, those words will feel like comfort and encouragement and good news. When I started planning this sermon series, I knew that a sermon series about God's command that we rest and take time off of work would, to some members of our church family, feel like a cruel kind of a joke. There are members in our church family who simply don't have the luxury of taking a day off, of taking a day to rest. How can we rest and we have to work two or three jobs just to pay the rent and put food on the table. How can we rest when we're asked to make bricks with no straw? How can we rest when we work for a pharaoh who is never satisfied no matter how many hours we put in? How can we rest when we are caught up in a system of cruelty and greed, exploitation and oppression? I'm aware of the fact that, that the fact I get to take some time this summer and to rest and care for myself and to spend some time with my family, that puts me in a very privileged position indeed. And I am very much aware of the fact that there are members in our church family who don't have that luxury, who don't share in that privilege. And to those of you who feel like you are caught up in this system of cruelty and greed, here's the good news I have to share with you today. God hears your cries. God sees your pain. God feels your frustration. This is not how God intended us to live. And this system of cruelty and greed will not be allowed to last forever. One day, through our labors and by the grace of God, one day this system of exploitation and oppression will be thrown down. God's kingdom of peace and Sabbath and wholeness will come into this world. And when that day comes, all of God's children 
will finally be free to rest. Let's pray. God, we pray for your kingdom to come. We pray for your kingdom to come and set the oppressed people of this world free. We pray for your kingdom to come and make humanity happen among us. God, create a more humane world here in this place. Create a world without exploitation. Create a world where work is fulfilling and doesn't dominate our lives. God, we pray that you would give us the courage to speak to Pharaoh. And we pray that you would give us the wisdom to organize ourselves and overthrow systems of oppression. God, we pray most of all for your Sabbath to come and fill this world that all people might finally enter into your rest. Through Jesus we pray. Amen.